0: The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses people with peace. As you know, with the victory of 40 days after his resurrection over the darkness, Jesus walked and delivered that good news. And so also Jesus faced temptation 40 days before the start of his earthly ministry set upon the cross. Lent has begun. It started on Ash Wednesday. And it's a peace, as we know from the ashes, that's kept safe for us only in Jesus. A peace the world will not give. What drove Jesus into the wilderness is what came out of his baptism by John. It's what immediately precedes these words you hear today. They don't come out of nowhere. It comes out of his baptism. The heavens, you remember, opened and the Spirit of God came down like a dove. And, of course, the voice that the Father said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I well pleased. And from that moment forward, from that moment of glory, Jesus was now sent into the wilderness, a place of no peace. Instead of heaven opened above him, literally hell came up below and tried to swallow him up. Because there was the devil. And Lent is that heavy truth that calls out the evil that truly belongs to the devil. Devil means slanderer. And there is no better mudslinger of falsehood. So if you get into politics or think about all the ways we throw things around and falsehood and all that stuff today, the devil is even better at it. You hear the devil mentioned in our text. Four times. But Jesus finally calls out the truth of it all about him. Be gone, Satan. Satan means adversary. He is the ancient enemy and enslaver of humanity. Definitions of evil or being limited, as we talk about a lot, to a certain philosophy or an act of a wickedness done, is not good enough. Not as we look at Lent, at least. Walther says the presence of Satan is so much a part of Scripture that the entire foundation of Christian doctrine collapses as soon as a person wants to deny the existence of the evil spirit. So it is at baptism, And again, at confirmation. I don't know how it is for other churches, but I know for the Lutheran church, the first question that's asked is, do you renounce the devil? We blow over it really fast, don't we? We think of it so lightly. But that's the first thing we call out. The wilderness is no paradise, but a place of loss and emptiness. This isn't like going out for a little fun trip to go for a hike kind of thing. We know how after creating the world, God saw that it was good. The first paradise was a garden uniquely ordered and fit for mankind, as we say. However, it was not long after the devil came to slander the creator and his creation. Temptation placed doubt before Adam and Eve, the image of God. And it was all over God's word, and of course it was all about the desire to be like God. Our first parents lost their innocence by eating of the tree, and with it their eyes were opened, an openness not to good, but to shame, fear, and guilt that now engulfs all future generations to be at a loss with God in the good of his creation. God gave a promise to our first parents, didn't he? And he even clothed them before they got kicked out of the garden. But they were still in the wilderness of a world of sin, death, and the devil. And of course, in time... Another effort of love God put forward by grace to be for Old Testament Israel, his special people. God gave his word of a promised land to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that promised land would be like a paradise to the rest of the nations, or at least that was supposed to be in the Old Testament. Deliverance from Egypt was the catalyst. You know the story, Pharaoh and all that stuff, slavery. But sinful doubt and denial left Israel to wander 40 years in the wilderness. God tested them, and here's what happened. They failed often. But grace still came to let the generation's offspring later enter the promised land. The promised land would be be a blessing, but never so stable or amounting to the good of the first paradise God created. And so Israel remained in darkness of disobedience because they got too cocky, too full of thinking they had built some kind of kingdom of glory that could never pass away. And you know what happens? They lost the beauty of that land. And so Lent calls us today to be honest about life. And there's nobody better to speak about that than St. Paul. He says today, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. And yet Jesus went into the wilderness to face the tempter for us. That's the best news to hear for this first Sunday in Lent. It's always this text. And you have to understand the 40 days of Lent do do not count Sundays. That's a good thing because it fixes our eyes on Jesus. God indeed did great things by sending his son, the greater Adam, by his baptism. And he stood in the place of humanity, freely accepting that, not what anybody else could freely do because we were enslaved. But Jesus saw the need and he stepped into it by baptism, and even for that of Israel. Satan knew what God promised. He knows better than we know. He heard the promise preached against him in the garden about sending his son through a woman. Remember the words today? He shall bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. Satan knows that text better than anybody else. He hates it. Herod, of course, was a demonic tool who tried to wipe out Mary's son early in the game. But now Jesus entering his ministry meant the devil had to get his hands dirty. The only way to tempt God's one and only son come in our humanity was this big thing, to deny his destiny To save sinners. In other words, it was to use his power he rightly had rather than to live in humiliation. That wasn't like this, it was a humiliation that kept going even to a cross. It was to abandon suffering in our place before God's judgment. To deny the cross. And here's the big thing to let Satan's lies stand. Jesus could have done this, and we would still be in darkness. And so you can find failure of sin throughout the Bible. That shouldn't shock you. But there is almost a growing frustration when Satan tempts Jesus. The slander kept his course. He used it twice. If you are the son of God... Make creation serve your will for some food. Or show your holiness because you have it. The angels know it. The Father praises that of you who is the Son. Jump off the temple. However, Jesus knew why John had to baptize him. You remember? It was to fulfill all righteousness that the law demanded and nobody could satisfy. Jesus fought Satan not by personal strength or glory, but with the word that honored God's name and promised, in that word, the gospel. What Adam and Eve doubted and what Israel neglected, Jesus held up in the scripture alone, disarming the devil. He stripped the slander of his power, because what pleased the Father was his son, and his son knew exactly what to do with Scripture, because he was sent to fulfill it by his sacrifice. And so triumph over Satan by Jesus in the wilderness gives certainty to his cross, and that's where we're traveling. We start out with the temptation, but we're gonna end up with Good Friday. Lent will show the devil hiding behind the scenes, pressing upon the earthly ministry of Christ. And yet another garden in Gethsemane held a final temptation, a little different, presenting fear over what Jesus must give up for us men and our salvation. Instead of temptation to circumvent the cross... Christ felt the reality of his sacrifice. He felt what he was really giving up. And the devil was going to show him the darkness that would completely consume him. The hell that devil would rage against God's son. Instead of fasting, Jesus, as you know, would drink the cup of wrath. And nobody else can say it like Jesus. Father, Father, if be possible, to let this, pe- this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. By suffering and death, a new paradise and promised land poured out from the second Adam, from Christ. Since he did not come down from the cross, he did not consent, but cared like a shepherd. His resurrection left Satan in complete defeat. So we're not trying to relive it as if it hasn't happened. No, Jesus lives, the victory is won. And so the devil's defeated. For as by one man's disobedience, St. Paul says, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. The victory of Christ wins is salvation. And here's the key for today with care. Care that knows your battles at the present. This is good news. When no lack of sin and death and the devil's lies waste upon both body and soul. In exchange for the kingdom of the world and their glory, Jesus sent out his kingdom of grace to the ends of the earth. And facing, if facing a darkness that enwraps you with suffering and doubts, recall your baptism. Don't despise it. Don't try to recommit to it. Don't denounce your infant baptism. Go to baptism, what God gave you. And mark yourself again to remind Yourself that you're not alone in the wilderness. When temptation drags you under into a sin and some fear of death, Satan's aim is despair of God while Christ comes to truly feed you with his body and blood. And so what remains good for us and cannot be spoiled is our Savior. St. Paul says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. That is so important in today's world right now. We are so thinking that man is in control, man is doing these things. We think that the church is okay, it's all better no matter where you go, what you do. We think that somehow there is no Antichrist. We imagine for some reason we can hear whatever we want, it won't do me any harm. The devil, as we talked about in Bible study, walks around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And what is that devouring? Not just your body, not just to end your life in despair, but to literally finally lose the gospel. To exchange the gospel for something that is no gospel. What ruined paradise Jesus fought over in the wilderness... He's redeemed it by his cross, and so that is the tree of life now. And he cares for you in the battles against the evil one. Let me tell you, I might be only 45, but 45 is enough for me to know that those battles also change. If you're older, your battles are quite different with what that may mean. But if you're younger, those battles are harder because... It's more about trying to find your way to fit in in a world where, frankly, in this world, none of us will fit in so well. Your baptism puts you in the front line. The darkness sees you're a child of God by grace from the gospel. As Jesus held the word up against Satan, so the word brings us to Jesus. There is forgiveness, life, and salvation from him alone. And so our midweek Lenten services will confess this truth before the darkness, because it's a dark service, right? And this is what we'll confess as we end that service every Wednesday. Guide us waking, O Lord, and guard us sleeping, that awake we may watch with Christ, and asleep we may rest in peace. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding be with your hearts and minds against the attacks of the devil that are yours, indeed, the peace that he gives in Christ to life everlasting. Amen. And so at this time we rise and